fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 340 Mm, that is a nice cup of tea A nice cup of tea to record any, episode three four. Do you any bickies? I had a couple of bickies earlier. <laughs> I obviously can't be munching on biscuits when recording the old uh, the old podcast. That wouldn't be professional. I, I just mentioned it because I was listening to your round table with the writing team, and you were talking about dunking biscuits. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can tell a lot by from a person by the sort of biscuit that they dunk in their tea, if they dunk at all. Mm, oh, you got to dunk. It's an important thing. Yeah. yeah, couldn't be friends if you're not a dunker. Mm, that could be a deal breaker. <laughs> so, what we're going to name the kids? Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Tom, David, Colin. I don't know. What we're going to name the kids? More importantly, do you dunk your biscuit? <laughs> yeah. The answer's no. <clears throat> See you later. There's only one correct answer. There is. A <laughs> there can be only one <laughs> yeah. correct answer to that question. Welcome back, Doctor Who listener, to another week and another episode. This is 340. I hope you've had a good week. You've been safe and you've had... Actually, I hope you've had a cracking week, as always, and you've managed to do something Doctor Who... Doctor Who... Related. Related. Indeed. Whatever that might be. <laughs> whether you've uh, you've stuck on BritBox and watched some Doctor Who, whether you've fired <clears throat> up iPlayer and watched some Torchwood for our review, or you've watched an episode from one of the many versions of the Doctor Who box sets that you might have picked up recently. Whatever you've watched, it's all good. <laughs> I hope you've done something. Uh, we've got no news to go through this week. Uh, we've got a couple of little little rumours and little bits to uh, uh, to mention that have been doing the rounds recently from a certain tabloid, new, tabloid newspaper. And of course, now that's gospel and everybody thinks that's a, a thing. And, uh, a thing, yeah. And that's exciting. So uh, before we kick off uh, with the show proper, remember to follow this podcast in your fave podcast app so you won't miss a show a new one lands every single friday so get on it and get it subscribed and followed and whatnot every episode is available for free uh, on free. all of the uh, podcast networks mm. and and all that stuff if you want to find links to those just go to bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk forward slash listen it will take you off to all those things there and um talking of the website which is just uh bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen on there as well every episode is available that I had to listen to for free on there. Plus, we have a bunch of very cool reviews and articles and opinion pieces on the website from our cool writing team. So check those out. We're on the socials too: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Search for us or links are on the website. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, and we have a free Discord server. So there's a link on the website. Hop over there and come and hang out and chat Doctor Who with other Who fans. And also check out my co-host Adam's channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, The Geek's Handbag. Yes, The Geek's Handbag. Loads of Doctor Who videos on there. And also on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the gram. He's all <clears throat> yeah, over the Instagram. The gram. I love Instagram, yeah. Love posting pics. I bloody love Instagram sometimes. 
Sometimes. Yeah. Not sometimes I find it boring. Like sometimes I'll open <laughs> it up and I'll have a scroll through like yeah, nothing. Other times yeah, no. it'll be, wow, some very cool people have posted stuff. I won't say what bucket you fall into oh. on that side. <laughs> Uh, keep that a mystery. I think I think I know. I think I, <laughs> I think I, I get it. <laughs> uh, but yes, go and just do all the things basically after you've listened to the episode, of course. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, before we crack on with our review, just a couple of bits, um, dude. You went to an event, didn't you? The weekend it was kind of cool. Yeah, I did my first convention of the year, which was nice. And uh, oh, mate. So I went to Phantom in Chiswick, uh, which I've been we've been to quite a lot of their events over the years. Very nice chilled events, and um, it it was one of those where um, I wasn't sure where to go. It's a really when I say last minute decision, because <laughs> me and the other half, I I kind of wanted to go, but was thought I was going to be in the doghouse because I'd sort of made plans with the other half. And anyway, to cut a long story short, on the Saturday morning, I was just looking in, in my little dot two group chat and everyone was meeting up. It's like, it seemed like everyone was going and, um, and I love the TARDIS photo shoots they do. And I was just like, I'm going to go. And I literally like jumped. I said, can you give me this to the station? I jumped on the train. Cause literally if I hadn't have got a train at a certain time, it just no point. Cause would have wouldn't have made it to the to the photo shoot what to do which was at one o'clock so i jumped on the train and there was one ticket left showing on the phantom website it just said one in stock so i bought my phantom ticket and train ticket on the train that i rushed to get and i literally got on it within like minutes to spare um and i got there and i had such a good day it was one of those where because I was sort of sat on the train, panicking, rushing, going mad. I thought, oh, why am I doing this to myself? Like, have I made the wrong choice? I'm going to be in the doghouse. I'm going to spend money I haven't got. But anyway, long story short, yeah, I had such a good day. I was so glad I went. Um, so Bonnie Langford was there. Who I've met um, a couple of times, but not for a long time. I've got a lovely photo with her in the TARDIS prop that they have there. Um, and Bonnie is, I'd put her in the sort of Katie Manning uh, Sophie Aldred <clears throat> category of that mm. she is one of those people that is so nice to meet. She's just very genuinely engaging. Mm-hmm. She is cool. Yeah, she's very cool. Yeah, Bonnie. Bonnie is just lovely. I mean, I just always find her so friendly. And um, and Kevin McNally was there. Obviously, was uh, Professor Jericho in Flux, and he also played um, I forget the character's name. He was in the Twin Dilemma, uh, Colin's first one. Uh, the guy he wore a lovely sparkly jacket in there. I can't remember the character's name. Dude, uh, before you move on, yeah, Kevin McNally. I didn't realise that he was in all of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Yes, he's in Pirates of the Caribbean as well. He's done loads actually. How did if you I look not at his, um, yeah, well, I, I didn't know he's written mu- a couple of episodes of Minder as well because I, I wow. love Minder and Sweeney and all that. Um, he Theme wrote tune, the Minder, one yeah. of the best. Yeah. Come on. Sing the bean tune, write the bean tune. <laughs> yeah, he wrote them with another guy under a pseudonym, and I had no idea about that. Hmm. Uh, Kevin was, again, really nice to me. I got a cool picture of him, really cool autograph as well. Everyone was asking him to sign the same quote, so they were all giving him pictures of um, from Flux, and they were saying, oh, can you put, what an awfully big adventure. <laughs> Luckily, I was early on in the queue. I can imagine uh, by the time he got to the end of it, he's like, oh, not that blimming quote again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he's very nice to And also, I mean, there are loads of other people there, but the ones I met were those two. And I also met um, Michael Jaston, who played the Valleyard, the Valleyard, the Scrapyard. Oh, yeah. Thing. How is he these yeah. days? I've met him before, but he was, ah, he's knocking on a bit now. He, he is getting on, actually. And, um, yes, no, he's, he's a really nice guy. He's one of those people that's like, 
he comes across you sort of you'd look at him and think he looks grumpy and cantankerous and then as soon as you start talking to him he's actually nothing like that at all do you know what i mean he's just one of those people that's got a slightly like if you watch the um the extra of him and colin baker on the blu-ray set the round table thing and they're they, you know that he's got this very dry wit if you know what i mean he'd say yeah he, but he's a really nice guy he, he just mm. um he's got a very fun dry almost grumpy sense of humor i can't really explain it but hopefully you know what i mean yeah but nice guy really nice guy yeah and he and you're right he's he's i think he's 80 odd i'm not sure um so yes it was great to meet him and i got a cool pic signed by of the valley yard so that was really cool great nice. day and then we went to the pub after and had a few have a few bevers it was um it's really good and met up with loads of people nice. yeah, it was nice. really really good yeah sounds good dude i love those phantom events i haven't been to one in a while they're a bit more close-knit aren't they a bit more personal than the uh the big ones oh yeah because it's so small mm. it's they, they do it in this tiny little church hall in chiswick and i think the there's only about 150 people there or something it's, it's very very small scale which is lovely because you get to meet the same people every time you go and it's but it's more like a fan meetup um uh, yeah really good events yeah really good fun nice nice congratulations to the people of newport over at uh, Acacia Avenue for your new TARDIS refurb. Looks very Ooh, good. Don't you if you've seen nice. this on the uh, the BBC News website. Yeah. Under BBC. Go to BBC News forward slash. I think you just click on UK and then Wales and then in Newport. Yeah. So apparently they have, they've had a, a police box there since the 1930s. It's grade two listed. Wow. And uh, it just fell into sort of disrepair and looked a bit rubbishy over the years. It hasn't shown... Hasn't been shown any love from the council or anything oh, no. like that. So they put some money aside and they've done it all up. And it's now a very, very nice TARDIS blue. And they've painted the fourth Doctor's scarf around it. And it looks lovely. Oh, wicked. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Oh, have a look at that. Yeah. So people of Newport, enjoy your, your refurb TARDIS. Looks very nice. Excellent. So go and check it out. And uh, before we crack on with our review, I assume you've seen the rumour doing the rounds, dude. So as we <laughs> run up to the, the new series of Doctor Who and we eagerly await the casting announcement... We've got a new front runner. Someone has jumped the queue ahead of Ollie, whatever his name is, and Alexander. That's him. Yep, and uh, some other people. So you remember Faddy, the guy that played whatever his character name was in the um, multi-Oscar Emmy BAFTA award-winning show class. Oh yes, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently he's a front runner now, according to probably the most trustworthy, legitimate tabloid newspaper here in the UK, The Sun. Oh. So what do you think to that? It sounds legit to me. Well, I was about to laugh you off the face of the earth then, but now you said it's reported in the sun, I can only assume <laughs> it's 100% legit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where yeah. has this come from? I mean, this this is these rumours are getting crazy, actually, now. If you think about it, I almost feel like they're sat in an office just saying, put this out there and then cracking up laughing because David Tennant... Um, Catherine Tate, Faddy from class. I mean, what is going on? Mm. This is this has got to be a joke, hasn't it? It's not a joke, dude. It's uh, it's picked up some traction because generally what happens is there are two types of news that come out into the world. I think you have mm. these type of rumours. It's a bit of a shame, really, because you have information that gets put out there by the BBC or by, I don't know, Chris Chibnall or Russell T Davis, whatever, and everyone's like, yay, that's cool, that's really good news. But then you have a bit of news that's put out by 
uh, some, something like the mirror or the sun, mm. and it just spreads like wildfire. It's like wildfire. goes yeah. you know, 10 <clears> times <throat> what the official news is. So unfortunately, it's now picked up traction. And is there a seed of truth in it? Maybe. Is Faddy speaking mm. or has spoken to Russell or Bad Wolf or the BBC or a combination of those people to talk about auditioning or, you know, applying for the role of the Doctor? Maybe, yes. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I it don't just know. Seems, I mean, I can't uh, see it. Yeah, it just seems... Um, it could, I don't know. The, the thing is with these rumours is that obviously no one ever takes credit until it becomes true. So the only thing that you can go on and is in the article and on the Sun website is according to quote-unquote sources. So <clears throat> Sources, yeah. What those sources are, as always, you never know. Is it just a bit of made-up thing? just to take the focus away from something else, which sometimes happens. Who mm-hmm. knows? I don't know. But Could he yeah. be a companion, do you think? Can you imagine like him and maybe he's the mm. companion and Lydia West is the Doctor or something like that? I don't know. I could sort of see that. I, I can't see him as Doctor material. Um, <clears throat> the only thing is I'd quite like it in a way because I... I met him at the class premiere many years ago, so I got a picture with him, so I could tick the box. I'd be like, oh, I've already met the Doctor, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> maybe, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, I can't... I, uh, I really don't know. It's, it's a tough one, because sometimes casting announcements that you think on the surface would be ridiculous yeah. actually turn out to be very, very good. So, I don't know. I mean, we've seen it over the years with TV and big films and whatnot, where... Mm you hear the casting announcement and your first thought is that's just completely ridiculous. It just doesn't yeah. work, but then it ends up being absolutely amazing. So who knows, dude, but it does sound like a bit of a, a bit of a weird one to have been surfaced by the sun newspaper and has now picked up traction and, you know, the bookies have picked up on it now. So he's in the list. You can put a bet on it and, <laughs> and all that rubbish. So who knows, dude, but I probably, I probably wouldn't put a bet on it. I just can't see him as Dr. Material. He, lovely guy, by the way. I remember when I met him, really nice chap, Faddy. Um, but I just can't see him as, as the Doctor somehow. I don't know. Mm. I think the sun doesn't do itself any favours when they try and latch on to <laughs> other, other dis, you know, descriptions of these. Because the, the thing is, you know, Faddy hops the queue and goes to the front of the line as front runner for the new Doctor. Yeah. And then the next sentence is, you know, he'll also be the most attractive. So they kind of shoot themselves in the foot by <laughs> trying to legitimately say here's a new potential oh. doctor, but you know. And uh, the Sun are full of it at the minute because they also said, you know, according to them, that Russell T. Davis is um, about to announce the casting decision for the new doctor in the coming weeks. Really? And the new series is going to start filming in April. Blimey. So the Sun have, they've got their. Their Doctor Who hat on at the minute. Yeah, so it really feels like, I mean, this sort of feels like the sort of thing that happens when, you know, it's just Jodie is still, still got a couple to go. It really does feel like they've just forgotten about the last <laughs> couple. So like they've moved on, haven't they? Everything's moved on. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. We'll see. We'll I'm see. not putting any yeah. bets on him. Sorry, Faddy. Not lovely man. Lovely guy. But I'm not putting any bets on you. Can't see it. You watch, dude. Three <laughs> oh, or four no. weeks' time. Uh, I'll be digging out my selfie with him. I'll be like, where is it? Going through my pictures. <laughs> you watching... Like 10 years ago, whatever it was. <laughs> In three or four weeks' time, there'll be a Twitter announcement from the official Doctor Who uh, Twitter account saying, big announcement dropping at midnight or mm. some press conference or whatever. 
And it'll be those three things. Faddy's the new doctor. Filming starts in April. You know, there you go. Bosh. Yeah. Bosh. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. That's uh, some rumours and stuff just to tease you for a little bit. Not from our point of view, obviously, but uh, from the from the legitimate, awesome, very credible UK press. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Review time, dude. Tell us what we got. Yeah, so yeah, we're we're moving on with uh, Torchwood, Children of Earth, and this time we're on day two. Target one's eliminated. Two and three have escaped, but we're in pursuit. We need that whole team out of the way by tonight. Get it done. What's going on, man? Listen, someone is trying to kill me, and if they're after me, they're going to come after you. Who do you work for? What sort of civil servant are you? Unappreciated ones. It's happened again. They're coming! Right now, you lot need us. The whole world needs us. Oh, that scream. Ooh, I know. Ooh. Oof. Who was that scream? Is Cap- that Jack? Captain Jack. <laughs> Captain Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, uh, a Captain Jack slash John Barrowman light episode in this one. Yes, very much so. Although we do get to see a lot of him yeah, <laughs> at the yeah. end. Albeit, yeah. Yes. Now, you know what I mean. Uh, what's the best way to say this bit? Mm, careful now. Um, there are certain. There's a couple of scenes in this episode where John Barrowman is not exactly clothed. <laughs> now, I don't want this to be misconstrued no. with the recent controversy that John Barrowman found himself in over the last hmm. nine, ten months, I guess, something like that. The two things at the moment are very unrelated, and we're not going to go down that road of hmm. John Barrowman being naked for any reason other than being in front of the camera to put across the fact that he was blown to bits and is now his body is coming back together. And that is it. We are not going down any... I don't, want any I don't want anyone tweeting the podcast afterwards saying, how dare you talk about John Barrowman and being nude and stuff like that. We're not talking about that stuff in the news and all that. That's over there somewhere. That can stay over there in a little box. This is just for the episode. Absolutely. Yep. And I, I, I feel like... I, I feel um, safe now that we've got that out of the way, but I also feel a bit crappy that I have to say that because I know what's coming afterwards. Yeah. So, to, go on. No, I was going to say, to be fair, it, it's in the script. Let's let's give him some slack. It's in the script. Yes. And if you are uh, a blown up body and you're growing back, to be fair, you're not going to, your clothes aren't going to grow back with you. So we can, we can, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can the, see why they. it's artistically done. Yeah, this is not an old school Although the classic. bit where he's handed the towel and throws it over his shoulder, maybe not in the script, but anyway, yeah. This is not an old school classic Incredible Hulk episode where he hulks out and his body <laughs> expands six times the size, but his shorts still fit him. We can't be doing that. This is this is, yeah. uh, this is documentary, real life stuff, mm. but not. So Torchwood, <laughs> uh, day two of Children of Earth, was first broadcast on the 7th of July, 2009. Mm. And it was written by mm. John Fay, directed by Euros Lin. And the synopsis is, Torchwood 3 has been blown up by a bomb planted in Jack Harkness. Gwen, Reese, and Yanto are on the run. Can they elude the government and save the planet from the 456? Question mm. mark. What do you think, dude? 
so I thought this was a, a, a cracking sep- second episode. Actually, I I really enjoyed it. It's a if anything, it ramps up the action quite a lot. So I thought day one set the story really well, and we both thought it was a good start to this series. And I think this one really just upped it to the next level. And uh, it does. I, I thought actually when this ended, I thought that was that was really good. Loads of action. The story progressed quite nicely. We got a few more little breadcrumbs thrown at us about the four, five, six, and who or what they might be after, and all this sort of stuff. And there's lots of other things coming into play now, like Frobisher, obviously a bit of a shady character. So yeah, it, it progressed really well. I thought day two. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is so it's five episodes, isn't it? This is five days, isn't it? Yes, it six. Five. Yes, five. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm just hoping it doesn't sort of take a dip because like, that's the thing is it's so far uh this has been really good i think um children of earth i've really enjoyed both both parts so far and i i keep worrying that it's, at some point it's got to take a there's got to be a dip or something you know but yeah i thought it was a great second episode loads of action and um production wise so i was interested when you said it was 2009 because i couldn't remember when it came out production wise i think it looked really good i mean i it hasn't dated at all, I don't think. Like, the destroyed Cardiff at the start looked fantastic, I thought. I mean, how did yeah. they... Yep. You know, I think what they've done is, I think they've obviously put a few burning <laughs> bits of scrap around Cardiff Bay, and then I'm assuming that they've CGI'd over that to make it look destroyed. I don't know. But either way, it, it really looked good. Um, I was surprised how good the episode looked. So, yeah, for, it's a thumbs up, mate. I'm really enjoying this so far. I hope it continues. I mean, people might be thinking, well, you've seen it before. You must know. I don't remember. I, I genuinely don't remember. It's so long ago since I watched this series. I remember enjoying it, um, but I can't remember if it's good all the way through. But so far, day one, day two, two cracking episodes. Really liked it. Yeah, I agree, dude. I'm really loving this um, oh, good. so far, Excellent. man. It's it's such a good it's such a good direction for Torchwood to go in. Yes, definitely. And yeah. I think it's because it's got that big. There's nothing wrong with the storytelling concepts that they did in the previous two series, where you have kind of an arc that runs through. It's like a typical TV series um, storytelling method, I think, where you have a a loose arc that runs through it, and then you have individual isolated stories creature features creature of the week things mm. and then you kind of uh you, you kind of coalesce all that at the end and you have a finale and that's all good so there's nothing wrong with that but i think because it's a very short series and it's just one big story and it's very the the cards are not on the table yet we're two episodes in and we still don't know exactly what the four five six are mm. what their motives are what they look like or anything like that there's still that big air of mystery around that which is very cool so I think what that does is it takes the the direction of the of each of the Torchwood three characters and gives them a real a real purpose and a real something to get their teeth into because in the previous series that we reviewed we often found ourselves saying right Jack was John Barrowman was very good in this episode and Eve Miles was great but the other guys are just in the background yeah you know they look a bit bored in some episodes they don't really do anything you can't say that really so far these first two episodes these first two days so it's really really cool that they've actually got a huge threat on them and on cardiff and potentially the world with the four five six so you can feel like you can sort of if you know that they're on the ropes already mm. you know it's not a, it's not um i didn't i don't feel like this version of torchwood is 
a few episodes of just finding its feet and for throwing in some adult stuff for the sake of it and then at some point we'll see an alien it's really just like bosh day one you know the end of, of uh day one it's uh the the hub has been blown up jack's been blown up mm. and now on this one uh gwen and yanto are on the run the government are after them and uh yeah so it's i, I th- it just continues to be a very very cool a, a mature story but not but it kind of really sells the the concept of Torchwood perfectly for me. Mm. So back when Torchwood was announced many moons ago and Russell T Davis said, right, I'm going to do this spin off with, you know, Jack Harkness and the other Torchwood stuff. And um, it's going to be a more adult version of Doctor Who. This is what I class as the perfect adult version of Doctor Who. Yeah, definitely. I you agree know? with that. I think tonally they, they've hit the nail absolutely yeah. right with this. And they, yeah, I mean, the tone of series one and two was very up and down in terms of it could be too adult for the sake of it or childish at times. The tone of this so far has been absolutely bang on. It's like, it is like Doctor Who, but but slightly more adult in tone mm. without going too far. Uh, it, it's perfect, actually. And I, I agree with you. What I'm liking about this series so far, it feels like it's really rocking and rolling. Like the stakes are really high. Um, I love the fact that everyone's got something to do. Even Yanto has been great so far in the series. <laughs> he's got He's had loads to do. And um, and the threat level as well. This thing of the four, five, six looming over them. We are coming. We are coming. And then this week we get we are coming tomorrow. It's like oh, brilliant. The, the you know this big looming threat. And what what on earth's going to happen when they arrive in that box that they're especially making? It's uh, yeah, it's really building up very well. You know, the, it's it's really the tension's really ramping up, which I love. But yeah, there's yeah. loads going on. You don't. This I genuinely have not been bored at all throughout these two parts so far have really been sort of engrossed in the story yeah same dude same and it's really cool that you meant you described it as this big looming thing that's on its way mm. the four five six and um it's really cool because it's almost it's almost the same kind of story that we have in you know um the old will smith uh Independence oh, Day. Oh, what Independence Day? Yeah. yeah, where we have that for ages. Where um, the, mm. there's a bit in that film where um, all the spaceships sort of go over the big cities of the of the Earth, and everybody thinks are they friendly? Are they not friendly? What's going to happen? And it's exactly the same thing. It's this big looming, you know, what's going to happen? So, yeah, it, what do they want? Yeah. yeah so it feels very, um, almost feels very Hollywood film esque um, in its. Uh, in its scale, I suppose, because they mm. told us very early on, I think back in halfway through series, um, sorry, day one or episode one, where somebody picked up on the fact that all of the kids are speaking English all around the world. So that gives it this kind of global feeling where it's not just an alien that's let loose in Cardiff. And that's that's you lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, this is like a global uh, threat, which is very cool. Well, potential threat. We don't know. Exactly. I mean, it, it, they're very much. I can't remember this this uh, Torchwood series very well. So I, I remember thinking, right, they've got to be evil aliens because the kids, when they get taken over and that voice comes out of them, it sounds very mm. ominous and very dark and stuff like that. And uh, so we assume at the moment that they're they they do not come in peace. Um, but I can't remember exactly how that plays out we wouldn't talk about it anyway because you know, i, I, I genuinely can't either no, no. which is which is really good actually I, I genuinely cannot remember 
anything after this. Like, I'm, I'm not sat here thinking, oh, yeah, in the next episode, this happens, that happens. I, I can't remember any of it at all, mm. uh, surprisingly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm assuming they're bad. I, mean, I think they are. I don't know. <laughs> which, which is good. I feel like I'm going into this a bit fresh, actually, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is nice. Well, it was back in '09, so... Yeah, I suppose that's when I would have watched it, and I've definitely watched it again since. Um, maybe I've only watched it once, maybe twice since then, but certainly not for a few years. Yeah, yeah. 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 You mentioned the production stuff. I also thought it was mm. really good. Really good. I'm loving the... Um, I watched this on BBC iPlayer, and I'm not sure... I think at this point, this particular series was filmed in HD, and you can definitely tell. And I think... Um, I think when you buy the the Torchwood Blu-ray box set, I think the first two series are filmed in standard definition and they're just upscaled. Yeah. But I'm 99% sure this from this point onwards, it's filmed in HD because it looks nice and crisp and cool and the opening credits are really nice and you know it just looks really cool. But that scene that you mentioned down at the bay in, was it Roald Dahl Circle or whatever that's called in Cardiff? Yeah. That just looks awesome. Or I, I was really surprised at that because you don't really see too much of it at the very beginning. So the the start of the episode, for the listener that's not seen it, the start of the episode picks up immediately after the end of the first one. So Jack had the bomb uh, surgically planted inside him. It explodes at the end. And then it starts at the beginning with Gwen and Yanto just completely out of it. You know, they've mm. taken the brunt of the blast as well. And... um you really only see like a bit of rubble and some some metal girder and stuff dotted around. But then there's a couple of scenes where later on where the, um, I think it's a character called Johnson who's been hired by um, Frobisher to sort of get the government troops involved to take out Torchwood. She's monitoring what's going on as they're looking for the remains of, of Jack. And yeah. there's a couple of wide shots and it just looks amazing, like, like it was done yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I think in Cardiff Bay they had they had built like a rough like um, I think you're right, dude. That it was sort of set and CG because they built like a rough. I think it is because um, yeah. there's a set photo of it on Wiki where you can see um, they've built like the explosion uh, area. So there's yeah. like loads of rubble and stuff all over the place. But then when you see the they pull back and you see the wide shot, they've enhanced that with loads of extra stuff and it just looks awesome. Like is really, it, really good. It's obviously had some money thrown at it, isn't it? Because it, it feels this has felt quite epic so far, almost like a movie. Mm. Um, but but normally these things, when you go back and revisit them after, uh, this is uh, so two thousand nine, uh, thirteen years ago. Uh, you'd expect it to look more dated, wouldn't you? You think you'd go back and think, oh yeah, you know, I bet this looked great in the day, but you can, but it really, yeah, the whole episode looked really, really good. Um, and I, I, the shootout as well. At the start, the first sort of 10 minutes, we have a proper good shootout around Cardiff Bay. Um, some great action sequences in this. Really well shot. Eurus Lin, I mean, that's a name that pops up uh, quite a lot, isn't it, uh, the director? Mm-hmm. I see Every time I see that name, I think, oh, Eurus Lin. Um, did a few Doctor Whos as well, I'm pretty sure. Is that the one that Eccleston really liked or whatever? Yeah, he I remember him saying, oh, I'll come back yep. if you get... Eurus Lynn to do it, I think. I'm not sure if it was them anyway. But yeah, it's nicely directed and it um, the whole episode just looked looks really good. Yeah. Um I I like the fact in the writing as well, we've got some nice humour and some it's not all just action. There's some really good moments in this. I mean, that's what I mean about not being bored. Even the slow moments were like with Gwen and Reese in the truck. 
when they're talking about the baby. Oh, yeah. It's some really yeah. lovely moments in this, hiding in the potato truck. I just thought that was <laughs> that was brilliant. And I, I'm really loving, because obviously we've got a scaled-down torture team now, I'm loving the fact that Reese and Gwen uh, are sort of working as a team. They've been pushed into working as a team in this. And they're, they're just brilliant together, those two. I, I'm, I think we should have had more of this you know, earlier on in the series. But it's great that we're getting it now. They're so good together, those two. And I, I love the fact that she's told him she's pregnant, so he's really sort of uh, stepping up to the plate, isn't he, Reese? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which is good. I think we, this is something we've been waiting for, for since the show started, because he's such a good character, but was often resided to just sort of one little cameo scene of comedy, and now he's properly in it. Um, you feel like he's like a new member of Torchwood, which is, which is cool. That was a great line as well. Um, in the potato truck when he's like, oh, you don't want to arrive on it with an empty stomach because he's talking about food. He's like, he's starving hungry. And she's like, you know, the, just the, I just love the, the um, what do you call it? The, the, the empty stomach line because obviously she's pregnant and he's talking about food mm-hmm. and she turns it around to tell him that she's pregnant. I thought that was a, a lovely play on words that really likes that. But just loving those two together, I think they're mm-hmm. brilliant. The comedy, the action, they do it so well. Gwen is so kick-ass. Blimmin' heck, at yeah, the yeah. end where she's doing the shootout. And, oh, I love Gwen so much. She really is just such an awesome character and so brilliantly played by Eve Miles. Um, oh, she's so good, isn't she? <laughs> she has a great one. She's like yeah. firing off left, right and centre. And, oh, brilliant. Well, there's a really good, she has two really good action scenes. Yeah. So at the beginning, right, when the two ambulance drivers who are not really oh, ambulance drivers. one in the toe, yeah. Yeah, so she clobbers one and she drives the ambulance off. And, and then the, the guy who wakes up in the back, he, he's got the, the, the syringe and he's about syringe, to stab her yeah. and she doesn't know. And yeah, she shoots him in the foot. And she, but that's really cool. And then at the She's end, you know, when, around, yeah. when Yanto uh, gets the forklift truck and takes the concrete cell that Jack's buried in. Yeah. She hops on. She's like, Reese, move that that truck, and then she shoots it, and it God. blows up. And yeah, I know. Brilliant. I was thinking, blooming yeah. let Reese get out of the way. She nearly blows him to smithereens. Yeah, it, yeah. No, she's it's very cool in this. She has a, she's very badass through most of it, actually. And but did you uh, did sorry, you think that was going to be the cliffhanger? Because oh, you know when they were getting trapped, they found Jack in the cement, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And then they're trapped, and I thought I thought that was how the episode was going to end. And then when Yanto bursts in with the the truck, um, the forklift truck. I was, I felt like, oh, okay, we're still going, but that felt like the cliffhanger to me. Yeah. But it was still still a good good yeah, end you, to the episode. Yeah. You mean when you thought they were going to be captured at the end? Because yeah, I thought that yeah, was because yeah. it really builds up to a good tense moment of them being trapped, and you think, well, how how are they going to get out of this? And I, I thought I was waiting for the credits to roll um, until Yanto bursts in with a forklift truck, but. Um, yeah, no, just felt yeah, it's just a real good build up to that scene, I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. yeah. And you're absolutely right about Gwen and, and Reese as well. They do work so oh, well excellent. together. They um right off the bat as well. You know when she bursts in and she's he's asleep and she's like, Right, we've got to go, we've got to go and he doesn't know what's going on, but Yeah. Uh and he's packing all his little bits. Yeah, within a matter of seconds though, he doesn't even have to question really what's going on. I don't, I think he fires her a few questions, like, What the bloody hell's going on? she's like someone's trying to kill me so they're going to be after you as well we need to go and it's that's it he's just up he's getting dressed and then uh, it's it's kind of cool as well to see Gwen as the female lead in that 
dynamic as well because yeah, yeah. he's kind of as a character he's playing it very well he's sort of happy go lucky um but then he, he he immediately falls into that okay this is your world you know what you're doing because there's, there's a scene where he's uh carrying stuff and she has a little nag at him and he's like well you need you need your trigger finger on your gun sort of thing and oh i liked that yeah yeah so he sort of lets her not lets her but he's happy to just be like okay you're the you're the lead you know what's going on yeah and they they work so with the scene in the cafe as well which we'll come on to they're really good in that and yeah and i just the bit love where he the... gets jealous as well when the guys because you oh, think my... they're going to get caught out <laughs> he almost flips doesn't he and gwen's looking at him like you've blown it reese you've blown it and then, of course he hasn't but that was a good scene yeah oh that was so good yeah. so the um one of the government soldier dudes has hired some undertakers to come in to remove the body of the doctor that was killed in the last episode mm. and um and they they kidnap the undertaker leave him in a coffin by the side of the road and um that which is very cool in itself and there's that great bit where he's chatting her up and yeah he explodes he's like she's happily married thank you and she's like that she's like sign language behind him like all just great stuff you know in the previous episodes of doctor who that would have been uh doctor who, in the previous series of torchwood that probably would have been a scene where the guard would have kissed Gwen and she would have flirted mm. with him and just to, all that stuff. But we don't need it here. It's yeah. it's all cool. So, yeah, I agree, dude. Those two together were very, very good. They they work yeah. so well, those two. What, what do you make of this Lewis woman? Uh, Lewis? Lewis? Because uh, you talk about the cafe scene. Um, so we've got Lewis who's working in the government building and seems to be helping them out and thankfully she just happens to answer the phone at the the right time when they call up as well (laughs) it's like they've only got one phone in that in that (laughs) government building but um see i can't work out i thought i thought she was like a spy or a baddie and now i'm thinking oh no i think she's she's a goodie but i felt like she had been planted in there in day one because she's she went in and automatically seemed to be snooping around so I, I thought, well, who's behind that? Like, who's put her in there? But now I'm just thinking, is she just an intern that's just got a bit nosy and is now helping them out? I don't know. I can't quite work her character out. Yeah, I, we did actually mention that last time. Mm-hmm. We said she seems a bit suspect. Like She something. seems a bit sus. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly can't remember, but it seems at the moment she's just innocently thinking, actually, something's not right here. Mm. Like... I'm hearing good things about Torchwood and they keep contacting us to say we can help you with what's going on. But at the same time, I'm seeing reports that you want them killed and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's Lois Habiba, right? And she she actually meets them at the cafe, doesn't she? And yeah. she's out of nowhere. She becomes a really good member of Torchwood. Yeah. Because you think at the time when she first walks in and starts talking to them that she's literally there just to say something and that's it. Like, by the way... Um, I didn't set up that meeting with Frobisher. He's not coming. I'm just here to tell you that it's those guys that want you dead. Because at that point, Gwen and the other people still think that um, whoever these people are, so Frobisher, what their team, are they just, I can't remember exactly what their team are within government. Mm. Are they Ministry of Defence or MI6 or something like that? And um, yeah, so they still think that it's not those guys that have ordered them to be killed. So, oh, he's the, uh, it's the home office. Home Sorry, office, that they, yeah. they head up, yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so Gwen and Yanto, they think that Home Office, they can work with them and stuff. And it's Lois's job. She takes it on herself to go and warn them and say, actually, it's these that will actually want you killed. So yeah. just sort of be careful. But then she then starts to um, like give them all the information that they need. She's like, oh, by the way, I've got the floor plans for the prison. I've got this. Mm. Here's the person that you need to speak to. Here's the undertaker's route that he's going to take at this time. So she's like got everything planned for them. And us as the viewer, we're like, this is great. She could be a member of Torchwood. And then that's confirmed when Gwen says, when this is all done, if you need a job, come and see me. Like you've got a job. So she becomes almost like, the fourth member of Torchwood, just very temporarily. So it'll be interesting to see how she progresses in the next few episodes, because I'm pretty sure she's not done um, with whatever she's doing to aid Torchwood. But it's, yeah, I, I initially thought the same thing. Is she, was she planted there by somebody? Mm. Or was she, she's just very quick and has picked up on the situation and, and have acted upon it? I'm not sure. But she seems genuinely worried, though, because she does say, I don't know what I'm doing here. Why am I here? Am I about to commit treason by helping you? Or, you know, am I about to, um, you know, help my boss by, you know, letting them know that you're still alive sort of thing. So she's a bit conflicted, but yeah, I think in the end it kind of, she it plays out that she's doing the right thing in her mind anyway, which is very cool. But I love that scene in a cafe, especially when Reese is like, have you got any money? Cause we're starving. I need some chips. <laughs> and, and Gwen's a bit, um, she's a bit surprised and a bit embarrassed at that because she's like, Oh God, I have to ask for money for food. Mm. But then when he gets up, she's like, yeah, I'll have steak and chips. And that. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the character of Lois is sort of, you think at this point she could be being introduced as a, a new member of Torchwood. Don't, don't you? Cause obviously Torchwood is a bit thin on the ground now. So if I was watching this back in 2009, which I was, I probably at the time thought, oh, I see, we're getting a new member now. But I, I can't remember what happens to her. I'm assuming she's going to die because we know that she doesn't go on to be in Tortured. Maybe she just turns it down. I don't know. Mm. don't know what happens to her. But I'm intrigued by by her character. It's quite funny how Gwen just keeps inviting people to join the team, like that <laughs> Doctor and, and now Lois. It's like, yeah, come and join Torchwood. And yet if you think back to... Who's the chap that was following Barrowman around, uh, Captain Jack around, uh, desperately wanted to join, and he kept shutting, shutting the door in his face. And you know they're normally quite cagey about letting anyone anywhere near Torture. Like, no, you can't just join. And yet Gwen's just turned around to everyone left, right, and centre, and being like, "Yeah, come on in. <laughs> it's a great team. Come and join us." Well, she did appoint herself as a uh, recruitment officer, I think. Yeah. At the beginning of the first episode, yeah. yeah. yeah you're right, though, yeah. Just come in. Yeah. yeah the door's house. open. Yeah, yeah. Door's on the latch. Just let yourself in. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack's like, Arr. Actually, we should talk about Jack. What do you think about this thing? Because obviously he's indestructible. And we take that as, up until this point, we just think, yeah, it doesn't matter if he falls off a building or he gets shot or stabbed, he'll just, you know, come back alive. I mean, this is pushing it to the absolute limit. <laughs> this is saying... This is really confirming that no matter what you do to him, he will survive. So he gets blown to pieces. Literally, it's just a head and an arm and a leg, and they just put all the body parts in a bag, and yet he rejuvenates and comes mm. back, uh, you know, as good as new. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting idea. It's, I mean, obviously it's a bit ridiculous, but then... If you're going to worry about that, you may as well worry about everything in torture. I mean, you kind of have to go with it. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? So he's just a head and he can actually grow back. 
mm. a full body. It's it's pushing the imagination limits just a little bit, I think. But yeah. I think yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting the way they handled it. Yeah, because up to now, because it's been the times that we've seen Jack die, like in when he's in Doctor Who and he gets zapped by a Dalek. You obviously don't see any blood or anything. You just see the typical, this is what you do in drama school. When you get shot, you scream and you fall on the floor. Mm. And that's it. You don't see anything. It's not until he just wakes up and takes a really big inhale. It's like, oh, he's back to life again. It's all good. So it all seems very superficial at first when you see him get killed and everything else. But this one, I was, I genuinely thought, right, well, they're going to gather up all of his body parts and they're somehow going to be stitched back together somehow, mm. you know, the whole thing. Um, but it's actually quite graphic how you see. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to go into too much detail. I don't want to put anyone off their breakfast or their dinner if they're listening at that time of the day. But it's kind of, and if you've not seen it, listener, basically what happens is, yeah, they they find his arm and then they find his head or his, you know, his torso, whatever, and they put it in little body bags, don't they? Yeah, but then later on, when they're at the compound and those, there's just a, an empty body bag in the cell. You see the body bag start to almost looks like when you're inflating an airbed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You see like very like small parts of it of the air of the body bag just start to, um, excuse the pun, be fleshed out a little bit. And then you think, okay, that's all they're going to do. You, at some point, they're going to unzip the bag and he's going to be fully re- regened and it's all good. But then there's another scene where they undo, they unzip the bag, and it's just a skeleton that's got flesh starting to grow on it and stuff. And you think, crikey, yeah. that is strong. That's really and quite the bit strong. when he screams, and he's, he's yeah. just like a flesh, yeah, sort of monster. That's that's quite graphic, isn't it? Mm. And then the next mm. time you see it on the security camera, he's actually proper. Properly done. He's stick a fork in him. He's done. He's back. To- yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's back to normal. That's what I mean. It, it's it's a bit. Uh, I think it's well handled. I think it's done well because it does sell. It's quite a ridiculous idea, really, but it does. It it is sold to me because of the way they do it, the way it's shot and filmed and 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 stuff. I, I it does make it, for want of a better word, believable. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it. I think they handle it well. I don't know something yeah. about just seeing it in different stages of growing back and and Jack screaming as, as this sort of flesh creature, and then you know, I suppose the only thing that is is when he is back, he's just back to you know perfection. Just looks like <laughs> Captain Jack, you know, like a newborn baby basically. But yeah, I think it's done well. It's it does sell the idea. I think. I think so as well. Yeah. 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 Because there's two ways you can go with that. You can either leave it alone, like you do, and sometimes that's quite effective. Where, when you don't see something graphically on screen, you just let your mind fill in the gaps. And mm. however you imagine Captain Jack being put back together and coming back to life is up to you. But the other way is to graphically show it. Yeah, and you also, know. but they didn't show it because um, that's what I mean. I think you, like you just said, there they didn't. They leave a lot of it to your imagination, don't they? Because you don't actually see any CGI'd bits growing you know you don't sort of see the arm you don't sort of see him physically moving you just see different stages so they open the bag and there's a bit more of a skeleton there and she says well that was just ahead a minute ago and so they they don't there's no sort of cgi or 
you don't see it physically growing. So a lot of it's just left to your imagination. Like you said, the moving of the bag, you see the skeleton, and then later on you see he's all fleshed out, and then you see him later on back to normal. So it's kind of, a lot of it is just left to, you know in your mind that in that bag he's sort of growing, but they don't actually show it, uh, which yeah, I think is good. Yeah. You'd imagine they might have said in sort of the production meetings, uh, you know, we're going to show a CGI of the hand you know, fleshing out or growing. They don't show any of that. They just leave a lot of it to your imagination, which I think actually works better. Yeah. No, I agree, dude. Yeah. Mm. No, I agree. But it was an, an interesting episode to um to leave it that long because it really is a, a, a Jack Light episode. He's, he doesn't Very say much, anything yeah. until the last 15 minutes, really. He starts screaming on the... Oh, when they pull the cement on him, that's gross, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, when they fill the cell up with cement, that is pretty gross. But That's horrible, yeah. And it's not until the very end, so after Yanto has taken the cement block, you know, burst it out of the thing and then drops it over the quarry. Yeah. And it explodes and, you know, he's free. He does that. <gasps> yeah, he does Back that to thing. Life. I thought yeah. that was a good moment, actually, the forklift. And it's, 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 these are the sort of things I, I think is, is great in the R2D era. There's these just moments of, oh, yes, you know, sort of punch in the air. That was, you know, really good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, what's I going to say about Jack? Um, he's back Jack to his old self, isn't he, right at the end? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah. back to his That's what I mean. They hand him a tail to cover himself up and he just throws it over his shoulder, which is uh, such a Jack thing to do. But I was going to say, I suppose by having this, this thing now that we know he's immortal but by having him blown up to pieces and regrow back i mean that really does cement the idea that it doesn't matter what you ever did to him mm-hmm. i mean is there any way to kill jack is what i'm saying i suppose this really does confirm that it doesn't matter what you do to him he will always come back i suppose i guess you know, this is yeah. i can't think of any yep. other limits you could push this to uh yeah but, you know yeah so it's interesting because i think the character johnson says that to frobisher she says we have a problem you know she that's all she gives him for this episode is problem she's always on the phone like yeah they've got away or there's a problem but she phones him and she's like yeah we i think she says something like his lazarus uh uh you, you know thing is you know coming back to haunt us kind of thing mm. basically saying to him like we thought he was dead we thought he was blown to bits like you said but now he's back. And I think Frobish is like, Jesus, I can't believe it. So yeah, how do you kill him? How do you? Yeah, if you were a villain, how would you kill Captain Jack? Because even the brain, I'm assuming, because I was thinking if the brain was destroyed, surely there's no way that could grow back. Like, what is it that's, that, mm. that uh, makes Jack a mortal? She says something in this about the rift in Cardiff Bay or something. Is they They believe the energy from it is keeping him alive which i don't buy at all because i i have always assumed i could be wrong i've always assumed that the reason that jack's immortal is because of rose saving him uh in um what was it called parting of the ways yes that's that's what i I assume that's why he's immortal because she brings him back to life and he's never the same again so i don't know maybe the government have just put two and two together and got it wrong but yeah i didn't really get that line yeah, I think m- maybe she's guessing that that's what it is, or what that's just what they that's, think. Yeah, that's what I yeah. assume. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, how would you kill him? He is indestructible. Then, well, pretty much. Yeah, according to this this episode, he's yeah. Even when you literally blow him to bits, <laughs> he can come back. So it know. is funny. I can't get over it. it. Just it kind of makes you laugh. They're blown to pieces. It's so ridiculous and <laughs> outrageous, but I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yanto had not quite as big a job to do in this one as Gwen. He was um, 
just sort of keeping his head down for for most of it. It's not until mm. he's only in it for two bits, really. There's the bit where he meets up with his sister. He left her a yeah. card to say, "Meet me where Dad took us to the park," and with the laptop and stuff like that. And they have a nice conversation. I think there's a little bit of backstory there with Yanto. I think he said, "Meet me at the bit where Dad broke my leg or something." And that's it. You know, his sister's like, "He didn't mean to break your leg," and blah blah blah. So you get a little bit of a little bit of backstory between him, his family, and stuff like that. Uh, so he gets a laptop and he you know and he's off and then uh later on he turns up at the end with the forklift so not quite as as much to do as as gwen had in this one but he's he's still very cool though he was he had a really good performance in this one yeah yeah i think the scenes of him and his sister are quite nice i think um that's a good again a good pairing of actors that they both work really well together those two i think i quite like his sister she feels again feels like quite a good believable character so yeah i like i like their relationship it feels it feels like a brother sister relationship you know the stuff they're talking about this the sort of secrets that he's telling her all that sort of stuff so yeah yeah, yeah it wasn't as much but it's a great scene at the end with the forklift i thought yeah really that was good. cool it's as if yeah. like yes jan janta he's like because obviously him and jack are a couple now so <laughs> i don't know if they mentioned it but uh you know it's like he's really like fighting for jack which i like you know when he bursts in to save him i'm like yeah go yanto you know he's, <laughs> When, when he's given stuff to do, I think he's he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, dude. And what did you think to some of the other stuff that was going on? So we've spoken about Lois and how she mm-hmm. kind of suspects what's going on. Something isn't right. And she meets up with, with Gwen and Reese and stuff. But the whole thing with we've got this sub story that's going alongside the 456 where the prime minister still doesn't want to get his hands dirty. So he's given all no. of this stuff to sort out to Frobisher. Um. To, to sort out who's the head of the home office, obviously. And he's kind of in cahoots, isn't he, with this uh with this other this other dude. Um what's his name? His name is uh Oh what the guy oh well yeah that that's he, he's a bit suspicious as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't know his name. Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> you his mean name's the guy Decker. who's talking about yeah, the guy who's doing the box, you're talking about him. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Decker who's been charged with building this device so early on in the episode the signal and everything that they've that they've picked up on uh, decker has said to him look this is actually instructions we need to build something so they build this glass um chamber thing and they feel they figured out that you know it needs to be um filled with like a sort of concoction of different gases and stuff which are actually poisonous to humans and whatnot and um so we got that side of the story as well with the four, five, six, which we said earlier, we still don't know exactly what they are, who they are, what their motives are. But that little side story is kind of cool. So, um, the but Decker almost seems to be reveling because yeah, there's something the a end. bit suspicious about him. He's yeah, at the end, he's like looking at the box. It's like almost as if he can't wait for them to arrive, and and he's got a bit of a seems to have a bit of needle with Frobisher as well, doesn't he? Yeah, like he said, yes, up yes, with they're him. coming for the UK. I wonder why that is. And then <laughs> looks at Frobisher as if to say, you should know, and all this sort of stuff. So, again, there's a good little sort of thread being thrown in there, I think. Yes, there is, yeah. And there's yeah. a little bit of a a little bit of a plot there to, that, that's going on, which is a cool little story in itself. So mm. Frobisher says to the Prime Minister, thank you very much for charging me with this project, you know. Mm-hmm. And the prime minister's quite cold. He's like, "Well, all I've done is put you on the front line. So if anything happens, you know, you fall with the project, sort of thing." Yeah, and thanks. Capaldi <laughs> plays that very well. He's just he does crushed almost, and uh, yeah. And then you have the other thing with um, with Frobisher and Decker. So Decker's the other guy that's been charged with building this thing. 
and yeah, he gives the he gives Frobisher a few little glances throughout the story, and you think yeah. it's something not right with this dude. And at the very end, where he takes his glasses off and he he breathes on the glass and looks at the gas and stuff, it's almost like he's something's not right with him. I think he's one of the four, five, six. I'm guessing that's my prediction. I think he's there to because everything's built so perfectly by him mm. and he understands what's going on and the way that he embraces the thing at the end and puts his hands on it and it's very unnatural and very alien literally alien the way he's doing that so yeah i'm gonna call it i think he's part of it i think he's been i don't think he's human no you don't think he's human oh, okay no. well, i'm not sure i, th- mm. I could I be wrong because that- i can't remember but it just seems yeah. like he's very he's he's gradually starting to become more alien with it okay that's interesting i mean there's definitely something a bit sus about him Mm. yeah definitely but i do you know what i love about capaldi's performance in this is that i don't know about you but i never even when i'm watching it i don't sit there and think he's he's nothing like the doctor basically uh he does it he feels like a totally different character to me like i don't sit there and think oh he's playing it just like the doctor oh he always you know he always does that same role you know i mean it feels like a totally different character and it's good because i was worried i probably haven't watched this series since capaldi took over as the doctor and i was worried that going back and watching it i'd be thinking oh it's the doctor all the way through but he doesn't he doesn't i doesn't even enter my mind i never sit there and think oh he feels like the doctor or that oh that's a bit doctorish the way he said that or he's just playing it totally different um obviously he he wouldn't have played the Doctor at this point, but you know what I'm saying. He's a good, versatile actor, Capaldi. Yeah. He just yeah. feels like a totally different character, which is good, because otherwise I think it would have taken me out of the story uh, a little bit. Uh, I liked the bit where his daughters pretended they were possessed and we were like, they were like, we want a pony, we want a <laughs> pony. He's like, yes, whatever. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little, yeah. little scene. Bloody kids. Yeah. <laughs> Taking <laughs> reminded a me, yeah. Reminded me a little bit of um, Sarah Jane saying... Uh, Eldred must live and then laughing. <laughs> you know, it's just a nice little... That was cool, actually. Like, little, yeah. little joke, yeah. 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 And it's also a good way of doing the countdown as well, isn't it? Instead of like mm-hmm. in the old days of Doctor Who or some of, some of the older sci-fi things where you just have a big, ominous red countdown clock, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, that's counting down to, to visually say, you know, this thing's coming. It was cool the way they've done the kids being taken over again and the speech changes. So in the... In day one, it was like, we are coming or something. And then they change it at the end. It's like, we are coming soon or something. And mm. now in this one, it's like, we are coming tomorrow. And then yeah. at the very end, it's like, we are here. So that's a very cool way of, again, providing that ominous, looming kind of thing. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, the last thing I just want to mention, actually, that's the only thing I've got left on my notes, is um, the... The um, you know this Johnson character. Do you feel like you know at the end where they're so they've surrounded Gwen and Reese and they've got nowhere to go? Do you think that they would have been killed at that point because her her motive and her main thing, uh, the reason why she's been hired by Frobisher is to kill the Torchwood mm. team. But at the end, it feels like they she was about to capture them because Gwen surrenders and she's about to put her guns on the floor. And she's just standing there and she hasn't done anything. She hasn't given the order for them to be shot because throughout the entire episode, she was just on the heels of them and she was ready to kill them at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Whereas at the end there, she was Gwen surrendered and she didn't do anything. 
Um, do you think that she's an interesting character and might progress any any more, or do you think she's just literally, you know, she's got her assassination squad and that's it? She is. A, she is a good character. She's well played as well. I think. Think uh, the actor delivers a really good performance because she's playing that sort of villainous, quite cold character that can be a bit boring but she she manages to give a bit of an edge to the character um yeah no i i think i have a feeling that once the guns were put down she probably would have said you know once she knew she wasn't going to get shot by gwen she probably would have said right open fire (laughs) i i feel like she was just covering her back to make sure she didn't get shot because let's face it gwen was ready to pump a few bullets into her so yeah no i think she's just covering her back a bit there possibly you know mm, what I mean? Just lower yeah. the guns. As soon as the guns are down, she probably said, "Kill them" or something. Yeah, I read so, you. Yeah. What's the actress's name? Because she's she's pretty good so far. Uh, um, Liz May Bryce. Yeah, yeah she looks a bit familiar as well. I feel like I've seen her in other stuff, but yeah, I'm liking her so far. I hope there is a bit more to her character because I feel she's played the part well so far, and I think she's probably got more to give. But mm. you're right because she could just be a bit of a side character. I'm not too sure at the minute. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then just lastly, there's a funny scene where Yanto's sister needs to um needs to go off and deliver the laptop to Yanto, but their house is under observation. So later <laughs> on, her husband and a load of kids are out uh, terrorizing the um the yeah. government dudes and rocking his their, their car and stuff, and she sneaks off. But um, there's another bloody naked scene, you know, when they come in and I know steam in the house, <laughs> they whip the duvet off, and he's there. Poor old Johnny. Yeah, old Johnny naked, and he's. Yeah, I felt sorry no for him actually because he has to do that scene where he's naked, which is totally unnecessary. There's no re- <laughs> like, like I said, with Barrowman, you can understand it. I can't, of course, he's been reborn; he would be naked. Okay, but with Johnny, there's no call for that nudity at all. Um, <laughs> but also, he does try to help as well, and he just gets shot down in flames. I felt a bit sorry for him. He's, you know, when he's shouting to try and cover up because he thinks the house is bugged, and he's sort of shouting to cover it up, and but his his wife doesn't really get that at all, does she? Mm. She thinks he's just being a an idiot. So I felt a bit sorry for Johnny in this. <laughs> yeah, he does That's try. The char- I don't yeah. know what the actor's name is, but the, the character Johnny, yeah. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, Rodri Lewis. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, cool guy. Yeah, he was funny. Yeah. yeah. Have you got anything in, uh, on your notes, buddy, to go through before we score this? No, I don't think so, mate. No, I think we've pretty much gone through it, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's you to go first. Okay, well, that's fine, because I, I actually, sometimes I struggle... <laughs> what to score episodes but i gave day one an eight and i enjoyed this just as much so i'm going to give it an eight as well an eight as well nice yeah so eight and eight so far for this series yeah it's an eight for me as well dude is it oh great okay yeah. cool yeah. yeah snap on that one again yeah, yeah i enjoyed really it just yeah same dude we gave eight didn't we both yeah last one mm. so yeah just really enjoyable torchwood very very cool stuff yeah and Indeed. a good story that seems to be just building really nicely that's why i'm hoping it carries on because uh it's really good so far. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's good. What did our listeners think? We had a few over on the on the Twitter and the Facebook. So we had Will Sanger, TARDISnet on Twitter saying, great continuation, high stakes with the characters being vulnerable and on the run and putting them in great danger. I love how it explores the true extent of Jack's immortal abilities in a very grotesque way. Also begin to explore more government corruption and cover-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that respect, it does feel very X-Filesy. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like that. And uh, Right, okay, so Ian, Doctor Holmes, says, uh, intense and gripping, the cement set piece is great fun, and I love how the mystery keeps developing. Capaldi still shines as the best cast member. 
an eight out of ten and our writer jordan says still another decent episode the cement scene was fantastic Uh, this series i remember was excellent when it was shown through one week the performances were top notch it gets a lot sadder and darker from here though does it i can't remember i have a feeling jordan yeah cheers jordan (laughs) Uh, over on facebook uh, Harry Marciniak, one of our writers as well, says, "All I can remember about this one is all of the bits, uh, all the bits of Jack come back together because Jack is freaking invincible, and how funny it is that when he is naked and handed a towel at the end, he slings it over his shoulder." Yeah. Uh, but this serial is so good, can't wait for your reviews, especially on the later episodes. Cool. Cheers, Harry. Uh, another one of our writers, Mark Mark Donaldson, said, "Children of oh, Earth yeah. is a dark satire that's probably become more relevant in our current moment." It's also pathologically incapable of not being tortured. Captain Jack's grisly ordeal is eventually laughed off by John Barrowman getting his bum out in a quarry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are correct, Mark. And yeah. lastly, Joseph says, this is definitely by far one of the best stories that Torchwood has come up with. It's gritty and intense, and it just adds to the mystery of the children saying that something over and over, as well as freezing in place when this happens. Can't wait for the next part, a nine out of ten. Oh, cool. Nine out of ten. A nine, very cool. So thank you very much, dudes, for your reviews and scores, as always. It's an eight from both of us on this one, and we'll see what happens when we get to day three the week after next. But for next week, dude, what's our review then? So we'll be doing a Troughton episode next week. Uh, Sadly, we won't get to see his lovely expression face on screen because it'll be an animation one, and it's the faceless ones. So Uh, the faceless ones next week. Gatwick Airport, eh? Yeah, I can't remember much of this. <laughs> so it won't surprise anyone yeah. this is um uh, uh ben and polly recent. i think this story yeah is, is it a fairly recent release i've lost trash track of these animations um <laughs> the faceless yeah. one yeah i think uh, it wasn't that long ago i don't think it was released on dvd and blu-ray and whatnot quick look. i think it was yeah. 2000 and uh whenever it was 2006 2007 uh 2020 yeah, it's all animation though, isn't it? There's no, yeah, yeah. there's no actual episodes, is there? From what I remember, I think it's all animation. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, dokie. Yeah. So faces ones next week. Yeah, I think it's a six-parter initially. Oh, yeah. episodes one and three of the serial exist. Oh, actually, maybe there is some of it. Anyway, yeah, we'll be doing that next week. <laughs> yeah, the faces ones. Yeah, it should be good. So some second Doctor action. Right, dude. I think we'll wrap it there for episode three hundred and forty. Alrighty. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this week. That was episode 340. It was really cool to talk through day two, Children of Earth on Torchwood. So thank you very much again for your reviews and scores on that one. Next week, as Adam said, it's classic Doctor Who, second Doctor story, The Faceless Ones. So get your DVDs and Blu-rays or Britbox uh, fired up and get that watch because we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews as always in the meantime make sure you follow the podcast on your fave podcast app just do a search for the big blue box podcast you'll find us on there or head over to big blue box podcast forward slash listen and that will give you a bunch of links to go off to all the big popular podcast platforms and networks so make sure you do that so you won't miss a show when it lands every friday and you can listen to the episodes on the website as well 
Also on the website, read all of the articles and reviews from our writing team. Uh, the most recent ones from Mark. It was an article around uh, bringing back uh, deceased actors to play current parts in Big Finish and other spin-off media. It's a very cool article, so check that out. Uh, or we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Links on the website. Come and get involved over there and hop into the free Discord server too. Again, links on the website. Also, don't remember, don't remember, don't forget to check <laughs> out Adam's, Adam's stuff <laughs> over on YouTube. Uh, please remember to do that. It's uh, the Geek's Handbag, so go and check that out. <laughs> yeah, don't remember to check out my channel. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> sorry. Go and do it now. And Adam's on the socials too, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So come and get involved on everything Doctor Who over there. Until next time for episode 341, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, Elondi. <laughs>